This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Listen at mixcloud.com. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Oh my. If it don't get curiouser and curiouser. And, and guys, we got to talk about a loss. Uh, to the Steelers, no less. One and, out of the one. And that ain't even the bad news, right? Yeah. Right. That's right. Not right. Free OBJ. Hashtag free OBJ. That's the, the Twitter movement. And here's the problem. Word is that freeing OBJ is problematic for the Browns because if they do it, and he clears waivers, they got to pay him $15 million freaking dollars. Okay? He can, claim, uh, he can claim termination pay if they cut OBJ and he clears waivers. That means nobody claims him. Right? The right. Browns are on the hook for $15 mil. Which is highly possible. Once is why they're not going to cut him. <laughs> okay? I, I, right. I will say this. I will, let me say this at the outset. If things don't improve and somebody doesn't um, change their position, okay? Right. I think you're going to see OBJ placed on IR. Yeah, and um, I hate to see it because then you got a receiver that isn't doing anything. Well, I don't want him doing anything for anybody else this year. I'll tell you that. No, that's for sure. Right, because one of the rumors is uh, that the Raiders really want him bad. And they might even pick him up off of waivers and pay the money and get us out of that deal. But then you're going to have to, if you plan on going in the playoffs, the idea that you might face the Raiders, that's a real possibility this year. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought about that from the standpoint of, like, you know, how teams usually are like, well... It's actually better for us if we make sure that doesn't happen or we know where we're going to trade you at. So we know where you are this season and right. stuff like that when you're getting rid of a player. The Browns just if release they, him. They, he could end up going to a contender, and that might not be a good thing either. But if they keep him for the remainder of the season, and by the way, they could they could put him on IR and he can finish out the year that way. They still got to right. pay the guy. They still got to pay the guy. But what you don't do what you don't do is make him available to a contender that you may have to face one. Right. And, and you don't have to pay everything you'd have to pay him. If he claims termination pay. Unless it's he and Baker just make up. No, no. Okay. Well, okay. Having said that, and I wasn't going to do that this early, but what the hell let's go ahead <laughs> and listen to what Baker Mayfield has to say about the situation. Okay. Baker, do you 
uh, you believe Odell Sr. was talking on behalf of Odell with those posts yesterday? Um, you know, I'm, I can't exactly speculate exactly as to who he was speaking on behalf of. I think a lot of it comes from his father perspective. Um, I think, you know, obviously, naturally, he wants his son to succeed. I can't blame him for that. Um, I want Odell to succeed. Yeah, that's, that's where we were at, and, uh, or at least so I thought. So um, that's, that's all I really have about that one. Have you, have you spoken to Odell since yesterday? No. What was your reaction to the video? I was probably just about as surprised as all of you were. Is the relationship challengeable? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought we had a very open line of communication going into it, so um, we'll see. You know, I, like I said, more surprised uh, than anything, as everybody was. Um, so we'll, we'll see going forward. And, and um, there's always room for improvement in any relationship. Uh, so we'll see. Do you want him back? I mean, I, I would take anything to have a winning team right now. You know, our focus needs to be on winning. And, you know, anything like this that's stuff that's created on the outside, drama-wise, takes away from uh, the focus that and attention to detail that we need to have, which is exactly the reasons why we haven't been able to win, uh, is we haven't, you know, executed well enough, haven't, you know, schemed it up to be able to, to do that. Uh, and so I, I think... A lot of this is frustration, that's the tension that's built up because, um, you know, we're not playing how we should be um, and we want to be better. We want to be better than 500, but that's that's where we're at right now. So it's time to look in the mirror and, and, and handle those things internally uh, because nothing on the outside is, is going to help us. It's only going to create drama and that's that's just uh, that's a fact. Baker, you guys talk about blocking outside noise all the time. but. How do you prevent something like this from possibly dividing the team? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think this is uh, it's definitely different than, um, you know, a, n a normal sports media circumstance. Um, so it, it comes down to realizing uh, our priorities, our job is to go out there and do anything we can to win. And uh, we have to be focused because Cincinnati's playing well right now. Um, and. You know, it, it comes down to knowing where your heart's at, knowing, uh, knowing your teammates extremely well, um, and that's something that I, I take an extreme amount of pride, and I truly care about each one of our guys. Um, so it, it's, it's about that, and it's about me going out there and being able to do my job this week, focus on the week of practice, see what happens, and then go out there Sunday and execute. Baker, have you talked to Jarvis at all about this incident? Uh, I have. Any... any yeah, he's extremely close with Odell. I think, you know, like I said earlier, we all want to see O succeed. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, but yeah, we're just going to take it one day at a time. So um, we didn't get into too many details because I don't, I don't want to, you know, draw that line in between them at all. That's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but Jarvis wants to win just as badly as I do. And, and um, those are the types of guys that, and types of focus that we need to have right now. How do you balance being a leader for this team and turning to Sunday, but also kind of handling this distraction with those talks you have with Jarvis? Um, you know, unfortunately, this is a part of the, the job that's not as much fun. Uh, you want to try and eliminate the distractions and everything, but um, trying to get the best out of your teammates. So anyway, it goes on.
And by the way, I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast, and you two guys too, if you haven't, listen to the entire 10 minute and 55 second interview. Okay. Uh, press conference. Okay. But at one point, the question is asked of Baker. Baker, were you hurt by this? And he said, hurt? No. Surprised? Yeah. Not hurt. Yeah. And there you I mean, have it. Well, look, I, I didn't hear Baker say anything more than what I've been thinking about it, okay? It's Baker's right. contract year. He wants to win, okay? I'm, I keep saying that contract year, but but and I know he wants to win regardless of his being his contract year. But this is a business, too, okay? OBJ is paid. We're forgetting the fact that OBJ is a receiver over here. Yes, he wants a new contract and he's going to want to get paid money still, but he is paid already. Okay. Baker's trying to get paid. Okay. I don't think it's, you're going to get anywhere really having a squabble with a quarterback. That's like, look, I need no outside distractions. We need to win. I'm, I'm out there throwing the ball in the place that I'm putting it where the place I think it needs to be put. And we need to win games and having somebody whine. It's just not going to fit well. That's regardless of whether OBJ well, is right. I or just want to. I just want to take everybody back to three and a half years ago. Uh, John Dorsey, still the general manager, makes the big splash and trades for Odell Beckham Jr. Let me tell you, New York Giants had just signed him to this big fucking deal of his the previous year. Right now, why was it that he, they traded him? Because he was a malcontent. Okay. Every day that they had success and he got the ball was a great day. And Eli Manning's a good quarterback. And then if they start losing and, you know, the Giants were always hovering around 500. All right. right. Uh, and Eli doesn't get him the ball as many times as he thinks he should get it. Now Eli is trash and he doesn't like me and he doesn't want me to succeed. This is not new shit, okay? It does sound familiar. This is not new shit when it comes to Odell. And I'm listen, I'm casting no aspersion on Odell. I'm telling you what has happened, okay? Look, nobody can deny the man's talent when healthy. I would suggest that the best course of action for Odell in terms of his own ability to rebuild his stock, because his stock is down, guys. Oh, there's people out there talking all kind of stuff now. But if they were managing a football team and somebody said, well, you need to choose between this receiver and your quarterback. Every time, man, if your quarterback's worth a half a titler's damn. Right. Um, I mean, even in this situation where you, even if you thought he wasn't, Baker has to play himself out of the quarterback position, right? At this point. At the same time, Odell has pretty much. And you can give me all the mitigating circumstances and reasons why and everything, but if you look at the numbers, I think Odell's already succeeded in playing himself out of premier receiver in the league position. Right, but even to me, regardless of that, I'm looking at it from a team standpoint. I'm like, you're a receiver, right? And you mm-hmm. got a quarterback. Even if the Browns were looking at him like, oh, we're not sure more about Baker, right? He's got to play himself out of the spot. Mm-hmm. It's his contract year. You're not getting anything out of that that, guy. Not only that, even if you're thinking about that, you got to look at what are we going to do instead? Because you got to have an instead. And if your instead is Case Keenum or anybody of that caliber, 
you're just as fine off with Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield, quite frankly, is at least as good as Case Keenum. Okay, yeah, his oh. worst game this year has been about as good as Case, Case Keenum's one game he played that everybody was excited about. Well, I understand right. that, and then let's just put everything in perspective too, because everybody likes to go back to 2017 and Case Keenum guiding these Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game, which they ultimately lost. Guys, okay, he didn't. They didn't go to no Super Bowl, okay. And Case Keenum was Case Keenum was at the start of that season the third string quarterback on that team behind Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford. Yes, that same chump ass washed up Sam Bradford that the Browns cut. Okay. Are you serious? Yes. So come on. Come on. Come on. Just I don't I don't want to hear it. Anybody that has that argument that we could do justify with Case Keenum, shut the fuck up. Okay? I did, let's know. not have that discussion. <clears throat> now, I have an interesting The question is not whether Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. The question is whether he's a 100 million dollar quarterback. All right? No. Well, I don't know about that. And Baker's trying to prove that. Okay, right. but he's not going to prove it trying to force fucking Odell Beckham Jr. to ball when and let's be frank. Yes, and there's times. Yes, there's yep. times. Yes, there's times when he's missed an he hadn't seen an uh, open Odell. And yes, there's times he's overthrown him. But there's just as many times where he's hit him right in the hands, right on the numbers and Odell dropped he- the ball. Okay, so it's first of all, I don't point the finger of blame at anybody in this situation, but I think it's obvious to anybody watching the situation that the chemistry between Odell Beckham Jr. and this quarterback and this team has not been there with the with the exception of one game. I can point to one game where Odell was the reason we won. And that was against the Cowboys last season. Right. And that was right prior to him then going out for the season. There's a very interesting stat that I came across, and it, 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 there's a point there as well at the end of it. Odell Beckham Jr. is the number one targeted receiver out of our wide receiving core, and that's probably a symptom of the fact that we have a very good running game. So he can't complain about not being targeted. He's being targeted the most out of any wide out receiver. Out of any end. wide receiver. Now, there are tight ends on our True. squad that have, been, that have been targeted more than Odell. And that yeah. just goes to show you the nature of this football team and why Odell Beckham Jr. is not a good fit. Yeah, that's probably right. Damn it, I hate to admit it, though. Well, everybody hates to admit it because everybody knows the phenomenal talent that Odell Beckham Jr. is. Right. Dude, okay. I mean, listen, let's just say, for instance, you live in Colorado on a house on the top of a mountain. And you really like Corvettes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unless you're going to keep it down somewhere in a garage at the bottom of the mountain that you drive your four-wheeler down to, you can't really, that's not your car. You can drive home. Right. Okay. The team ain't designed this way. We got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. We got a beast of an offensive line, a beast of an offensive line. And we are going to run the ball and we're going to run it again. And then we're going to pass. And that 
passing game is going to benefit and complement that running game. Baker Mayfield is an awesome quarterback when you talk about arm strength, ability to read the field, and in general, accuracy. I will say this. His accuracy has suffered this year, in large part due to the shoulder injury in his off shoulder. Exactly, because his and downfall. If you, if you really occurred. look at if you really look at where he's been accurate, it's been the long throws where he's been inaccurate. But yeah. went anywhere from a screen pass all the way to I'd say about thirty five yards. Baker still got his touch. Long yeah. story short, guys. While it's a big news issue, it should be a non-issue for the Browns. Listen, the Browns got better last year when Odell Beckham Jr. went out to the point where the popular consensus in the sports punditry was that the Browns are better off without Odell. So guess what? So guess what? Let's just say that right now. Browns fans didn't want to believe it last year. You think they believe no. it now? This this should not divide the locker room, okay? Because at least word on the street is is that Odell ain't made a bunch of friends inside the locker room because, you know, listen, when you're losing and all of a sudden you got a guy who is, listen, admittedly, come on, Odell may not admit it. Odell dads may not. Odell's dad may not admit it. But Odell ain't playing up to Odell Beckham Jr. form right now. Okay, and that's largely in part to two things. One, tell me a guy who's injured his ACL, had to go out for the year, come back, healed as fast as Odell Beckham did, because everybody said this is phenomenal. The rate and the time of availability, it's just nobody heals this way. And the statement is still true. Nobody heals this way. Odell's not fully healed, and that injury is still affecting him, and it's making him less of a player than he was. And maybe he tried to come back too soon. But you know what? And here's Odell. Even in, if it's not. Here's Odell in the last guaranteed year of his contract, right? And so you can right. understand him wanting to get out there and perform because, you know, once you're beyond the guaranteed portion of your contract, if you're not performing up to snuff, your team's not going to let it ride. They're going to force a renegotiation. Yeah, you know, it's not, and even if his knee isn't fully healed, even if it is fully healed, he's still got the shoulder thing. Well, no, but the shoulder thing happened two weeks ago, guys, and that ain't been an all-season thing. All right? Oh, okay. Let's just not, (laughs) Odell Beckham hurt his shoulder the same day Baker hurt his, okay? Or re-hurt his, okay? Boy, how ironic. That's just awful. Well, Well, all I'm saying is this. If you're... Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, the Browns in general, Jimmy Haslam, D. Haslam, anybody with a decision-making influence in Cleveland, somebody says to you, well, it's time to shit or get off the pot. You either keep Odell and get rid of Baker or get or or get rid of Odell and keep Baker. Which one are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, as much as I – and I, I really like Odell. I, I mean, you okay. got to make the decision for the quarterback. I can I like a lot of people, but I don't necessarily want them on my football team. And well, what I'm gonna say about you got to make the decision for the quarterback is 
I agree and disagree. You have to make the decision if you think the quarterback can get you wins. And at this point, I do think Baker can get us wins. Well, well okay. Okay. It'd, it'd be different. It'd be different if Jimmy Garoppolo was your starter and he's faltering and you got Trey Lance on the bench. Okay. We're not that team. We got our guy. He's starting and we got we got that other dude. Right. We got that other guy. We got Case. Okay. And Case, listen, I don't hate Case Keenum. Sometimes it might sound like I do because I am critical of him because, you know, listen, you remember when Josh McCown was filling in for us, backing guys up, coming in and performing admirably, right? Yeah. Right. Even, he even went on to do some of that for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. But let's be honest, guys. Um, you didn't think there was a future with with uh with him? No, Josh you know McCown. What? Josh McCown. He should be the starter. No, he's, well, well, he's yeah, fucking old as that. dirt, and there's a reason why he's been backing up well, ever since after his first four years. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there's only one instance I can really remember where a journeyman backup has come in, right? And like you talking about Richie Gannon? Like, that's Rich Gannon. Yeah. yeah. And then Rich Gannon went on to be MVP. That's the only instance. The only other guy I've got the feeling of that I think can do that. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I'm uh, I wish he would have got his chance this year with Washington, but I'm sure Washington's not regretting it. They've been doing pretty decent. But you know what the what, you know what the knock on Fitzy is? Fitzy will get you all the way to the precipice and then throw the pick that loses it for it. That loses it. Yeah, but it could have. Rich Gannon wasn't much different. Okay. Till, different well, till I finally... understand that. But well, no, what Rich Gannon did was kept getting better, kept getting better, kept getting better. Last year on the Dolphins, Fitzy's getting you all the way to competitive and then throwing a three pick game and getting you out of competitive. Yeah, I I mean, they literally sat his ass down. I mean, there was some injury involvement, too. Remember, he hurt his hip. But they chose Tua over him, okay? But he's the only guy I can think of because he's the only guy where it's like, God damn, when he does good, it's like, Look, Fitzpatrick has something. I mean, if you want to go look at quarterback highlights and some of the most talented things been done by a quarterback on a football field, dude, Fitzpatrick's got a lot of them. You wonder how he even keeps the helmet on with that beard. Okay. (laughs) That in itself, that in itself is a feat. Okay. Because it's like the chin strap shouldn't even work. (laughs) Hey, can I just ask you, Fitz got to be about 600 years old by now, right? Well, based on that beard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but anyway, we should really talk about the debacle. Okay. (laughs) Fucking Lord. That was oh, the- God. Let's talk yeah. about it and get it out of the way. And then we get back to some Odell or some other shit. I don't want to take a whole lot of time tonight because, you know, quite frankly, I'm a little pissed off about the Browns right now. Browns should have never well, lost that game. Well, I will say about the game mm-hmm. is while we may have different opinions, even on the officiating, my stance is. That doesn't mean it was a perfectly officiated game because there were some missed spots. But this is probably oh, one God. of our this is probably one of the more better officiated games we've had. They called holding. Okay. Mm-hmm. There were some that didn't. Yeah, get but I called, think it was the no calls. Them. I think it was the no calls that killed us, guys. 
I don't yeah, think it was any, exactly. I don't think there was any call that killed us. I think it was the no calls because if Rodney Harrison get, gets a 15 yard penalty for unnecessary roughness, hitting that guy out of bounds the way he did in the first half, then why we don't get the same call when Baker Mayfield, our quarterback gets hit like that. I want to know. No, I, 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 I can agree with that. But the point I was about to make is, in general, to me, though, it was one of our cleaner officiated games. And then we muffed it up by we gave away yards on a on a, fi- a penalty calls that were like. Why? What are you doing? Well, more, right. you know what the, I mean? The, the boneheaded we, shit. And at this point yeah. in the game, at this point in the game, the Browns are the top. They're at the top. They lead the league in the most penalized. Right. And what's funny okay. about it is before yesterday, right? I'm like, yeah, but that's because all the all the crap that's been going on with officiating. And then we have a game like this where it's like we kill ourselves. And, well, we and the killed other ourselves, thing- except let's give the Steelers just a little bit of credit because Najee Harris takes off on a straight ahead submarine dive from the five yard line and gets through. Who does that? I know. Yeah, okay. I know. Right. All right, and then that catch, okay, the I the rookie receiver, okay, our guy defended the ball. He knocked the ball out of his hands, and then he caught it again oh. and managed to get both feet in. It's just fucking ignorant. No, okay. and I understand Browns, those things. I'm not. Yeah, what did you say? Browns got outcoached. Oh, no, 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 no. no. There was two key plays. There were, listen, I just told you, listen, first of all, without those two key plays, the Browns win. 10 to three. Okay. I'm just saying, listen, their kicker was out. They would, they were so desperate that they literally tried a fake field goal with a kicker who based on what I saw, can't throw the ball worth a shit. Okay. And he right. got concussed and out of the game. Yeah. Out coached, I guess, if you want to talk about boldness, but dude, you can't <clears throat> listen out coached. If you want to talk about having motivated his squad. Yes. Yes, definitely, because, listen, just go back and watch the Najee Harris touchdown and then that rookie receiver of theirs catching that ball at the back of the end zone, okay? This is the kind of stuff that our guy, You listen, you can't call that bad defense, pass defense on that. No. Our guy was there. He no. had hands on the ball. He knocked it away, yeah. all right? Najee yeah, Harris, nobody, nobody, nobody does that. Listen, he, he gets through that one tackle, but then he takes off and, and at the height and trajectory of his jump, he shouldn't have gotten through. All there had to do was be a body there. Right. <laughs> right. Well, look, the other thing I was going to point out is, and what I'm saying we did it to ourselves is we Six drop passes. If you give Baker those six drop passes, he right. throws for like 80% for right. the game. And, and, and listen, okay. the fact it's, that not six six drop passes and a fumble, an uncharacteristic fumble. Okay. Was it four which years was, since he's fumbled was, by the something? way, stripped by a former Brown, Joel Schobert. Okay. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. How many years has it been since Landry fumbled? It was like something it, ridiculous. It was, it was a bunch. It was a bunch. It was like three years. It's been three years since he fumbled. This is when's the last time he missed uh when's the last time he didn't catch four passes like almost oh my mean, god and the one and the one the one the one that he dropped i mean you could just it and and listen you jarvis, can see it from him jarvis went and sat on the sideline was like i can't fucking believe this shit sometimes shit don't go your way 
Yeah, right. you could. By see the way, Jarvis's by the way, real good song, real like, good, real good song by her, uh, the musical artist named her, um, and it's called Sometimes, and you should listen because sometimes <laughs> shit don't, sometimes shit don't go your way. Uh, yeah, and who? I mean, you could see him in the interview is pain, uh, and saying, yeah, yeah he took oh, responsibility. Absolutely, and and listen, Kevin Stefanski was asked about Jarvis Landry. Um, well, do you guys want to hear any? Kevin Stefanski on the whole issue today, or we want to go ahead and talk game stats first. And then we can come back and listen to Kevin. So anyway, it was a Sunday. Sean Hockley, Steve Hockley's son was the ref, head referee. Yeah, he really needs to, you know, do his daddy proud and get in the gym and get them guns pumped. Okay. That's all I'm I saying. I think the, I'm just my personal opinion. Yes, uh, I know they they did miss one one uh, call there. But uh, I think for the most part, they did a pretty good, it's one of our cleaner games. Okay. Well, yeah, I just, I, like I said, it wasn't the calls. It was the no calls. I the think it hurt us. Calls. Okay. Yeah. But it was, like the, I the, said. The things that didn't get called. And again, the disparity. Because if you call it against us in the first half. Right. Why all of a sudden, be, is because it's the second half, we don't call those now? Now we're going to let them play? Come on. I get you. I just still You hit a guy like, out of bounds, that's unnecessary roughness in the NFL. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I just feel uh, like had we, yeah. if we don't have six drop passes, if we don't have that fumble. Let's, okay? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you I something. I don't think we're even talking Baker about Baker Mayfield, that. when he got hit out of bounds, had just run for a first down. You tacked 15 yards onto the end of that. And the Browns get a field goal if they don't get anything else. Yeah, exactly. No. Okay, I'm, I'm, so and Gad, just I'm just saying to you guys now. I know that still gives us a two point deficit on the final score, but I think it does a whole lot more if you add 15 yards on the end of that with Baker coming out pumping his fucking fist and all that other bullshit. I think momentum starts to swing. Yeah, it okay. wouldn't have been so bad if it wasn't so blatant. I mean, my God, how do you miss that and not call it? But see, that's the point. You don't miss it and not call it. You just intentionally don't call it. Okay. Now, well, I got no problem with that if Rodney Harrison doesn't get flagged in the first half for the same thing. Right. right. But here's that, my big thing. That drive, he comes out, he's pumping his fist. We have a fumble on that drive. Okay. Right, that's what Jarvis Landry. Right. What I'm saying is we still killed ourselves in this game. If we catch the balls and don't have the yeah, fumble, but let we're going to win Let me game. ask you something, though. If you're 15 yards deeper into their territory, do you even call that same play where no, the fumble occurred? No, you probably wouldn't. No, right. you probably wouldn't. There you go. And that's why I'm saying, this is why I'm saying, the no call screwed us this time. We're getting screwed by yeah. the officials consistently, whether they call or don't call, because the problem is the disparity. There's disparity you know, on the sides key, of the ball. Just happen to be at key moments, crucial moments, too. So, Dude, this is like no, all game I, long, every game so far this season. Hey, do you think NFL betting has anything to do with this shit? I have no idea, but I'm telling you that they could make a case. I think the Browns could, with video evidence, make a case that there's a disparity in officiating that is skewed not in their favor in just about every game they've played. I got you, but I don't think they it's worth them taking that stance. Oh, no, no, no. As a matter of fact, if you take that stance, it gets worse. It gets worse. (laughs) 
Now I did. Well, I'm a fan, I and I say so. <laughs> right. Well, okay. you know what? When Baker, when Baker said what he said in the interview, I wouldn't doubt that some of those calls might have been because of that. Who knows? Yeah. Now, well, what yeah. I'm going to say to is though is that I made a comment to something um, maybe a week ago where somebody was talking about betting or whatever, right? And I basically said, okay, this isn't me saying there is something going on in the NFL, but every other sport has had their fall guy with the betting thing. Okay, the yeah, NBA yeah. had it with the ref with the referee. Oh yeah, yeah. Baseball had it with Pete Rose. So you think it's Ed Hockley's son? No, I don't oh, think okay. it's Ed Hockley's okay, son. Okay. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, every other sport has gone through this where people have been like, "Oh, there's shit going on," and then there's been a fall guy for it. Okay, you remember the play NBA playoffs used to be really bad. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you had what a you're fall saying, guy now, for now wait, I would I would hope. I would hope with with the NFL having run the gamut, done the studies before they signed any of the contracts, and they got to have policies that prohibit and forbid, I would not only say officials, but members of their family from even betting at all on NFL games. And I don't doubt they do, okay? But if something slipped through or something happened, you can bet there's going to be a fall guy for it. They're not going to have well, five guys. I, go I will say this. I will say this. My concern when they announced, when I started hearing betting partner of the NFL is I'm, I'm very concerned for the future of the integrity of the league, because um, the minute you bring this kind of money in and you legitimize it, and now it's all about, winning these bets it's all about lines it's all about spreads it's all about that not like that hasn't been part of it but this is more present now it just opens up the door and and the truth is if you can imagine the corruption well somebody's done much more than that yeah well and i'm I'm saying if you can imagine it somebody's doing it well here's my thing here's my thing Here's my thing. Once you kill the integrity of something, though, then it kills that, too. Okay. Oh, well, that's That's exactly but that's exactly what I'm saying. The the NFL could destroy themselves with this if they don't crack down on this officiating. Right. This. Listen, I don't have a problem if you're going to have a crew that's going to let them play in large part. They're going to allow hand fighting. Okay. To a certain degree. Right. So they're only going to they're only going to get you for blatant push offs or hooks or 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 grabs at jerseys. Right. Mm-hmm. Hand fighting. They're going to leave alone. But it seems like apparently <laughs> it seems like with the Browns, that's what they do with the defenders that are defending our guys. But then when it comes to our guys, if we just kind of touch them wrong, eh, pass interference. I mean, come on. How about unnecessary roughness because you touch a guy? <laughs> So what's that what you said about uh, the other day about a penalty? Uh, you're saying, you know, it's either holding or it isn't. And, and if, you know, if you're not going to go by the book, throw the book out. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you got the book for a reason. And I'd see. So what I'd much rather see, although it would slow the game terrible, but take the book, read the book, know the book and enforce the book. Right. But what we do know in most other, most sports, you have sways. It's like baseball and you have the um dude and he's like, you know, he's calling the pitches. OK, 
he's got a bigger box than the than than other. Yeah, but um, his box is the um, same size for both pitchers. That is what I'm getting. That's what I was gonna get at. Okay. The problem is, is that you get in these games. It's like a, I'm watching okay. an NBA game, right? If yeah, I'm ben watching an NBA game, had this big ass box, and Baker Mayfield had this little itty bitty box. Right. But That's basically what I'm, what I'm saying. Right. Right. But I'm saying if I like I'm watching an NBA game. Right. And they're letting the guys play. So there's a certain amount of physicality. As long as that is consistent. OK. I can watch. Right. That. OK. It's when yeah. it gets to the point and they switch up and all of a sudden it's like, OK, you guys weren't calling that a minute ago. Why are you calling that now? You know yeah, what I mean? Cut out the that's when, and that's that's, that's where that's problem. what I'm saying. That's what the NFL has to crack down on. And listen, just the Browns schedule this year and to look at every game on their schedule this year and look at the disparity from side to side on what's being called and what's not is enough to say, you know, we got a problem here. There might not be an official bias against the Browns, but there's something happening here. Okay. Because we used to know when they were gonna call a pass interference. You extend the arms, you're not looking at the ball. We know. It's getting called. Right, we've I mean? even talked about it to... this season, guys. We've even talked about it this season where, um, you remember, Hugh, you thought that there wasn't a pass interference because I didn't right. know he fully extended his arm and he had his hand on the other guy. And this is just a textbook definition. If you got extension, you're pushing off. Okay. Right. Yeah. I just thought he extended his arm, but it didn't actually he do touched any, the guy. The he didn't matter. He was in contact with the defender with a fully extended arm. That is the definition of pulling off, pushing off in the NFL rule book. Right. Well, they always okay. take it's just like in any sport where your hands are involved. If you don't extend the hand, it's less visible. And if you extend, it's a sure call. They're calling it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying. See, I had no problem with that call. What I really got a problem with, and it didn't, this, this didn't happen in that game, but imagine that same game. And then later in the game, receiver on the opposing team does the same thing and doesn't get the flag. That's right. the type of or, shit or, that's been happening to the Browns. Almost. Well, here's been my bigger problem that I've seen. This is why I brought this up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have seen calls this year where guys going down the field, the cornerback, he doesn't look back at the ball. Okay. His hands are clearly in the spot where it should be pass interference. That to me, when I've always watched football, that gets called. Okay. Well, yeah, but, but, then but, I've but I will say times. this. Now, if the Browns have benefited from any non-call that ever happened, they did on Sunday against Pittsburgh because one of our guys did that exact thing. You, okay. And you I described. get that. I get that. Yeah. But I get that. Yeah, okay? I just see that. Yeah. Okay, I get that, but that's not my point. It's still got to have consistency, though. Okay, because we've been the beneficiator one time doesn't mean we well, haven't yeah. been the. No, I understand. It's, it's, okay. it's by the way, and it didn't matter that we benefited from that call because on the next play, Ben threw that fucking touchdown to the rookie. Right. Okay, <laughs> it's right. like so never mind. Now, the other but, play to it, which I point I was getting to, I have also watched this season. Okay, I've seen a guy not turn his head. Okay, and not get called, but I've also seen a cornerbacks guarding guys holding and then it's like questionable whether it's a pass interference at all and they turned their head and played the ball and got called for it wow so what i'm saying is it's like it's been the whole year has been weird it's like okay yeah you could call it there but they were both doing something the dude turned back to to play the ball usually that's like yeah you don't call that because you know, it's too close to really decide. They were both physical with each other, and he turned to play the ball. Okay, let's but talk then they've some been stats. calling those. 
Let's talk some stats, guys. The Browns. Here, here you want to know why the Browns lost? 96 yard running between five guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, we did not. Well, you know, early yeah. on, we did the passing early sh- mm-hmm. stuff, right? And it killed drives, so we didn't have a drive, and mm-hmm. so we didn't end up running. I, I kind of, you know, while I understand the idea about leading out passing, you know, Tony Romo was talking a lot about it during the game. All oh, right. He was good in the commentary. Right. Because he pointed right. it out exactly. Yeah. but. <sighs> You know, if it if they weren't doing it to distraction, it might be enjoyable, but they do it to their own detriment, you know? Yeah. And then you end up with second and long and then and subsequently third and long. And if you're coming in to third down with anything more than four yards to go, you're not on schedule. Right. Okay. And the truth and is what? the truth is with the kind of team that the Browns have. You shouldn't even see third down that often. You know what's crazy about that game, aside from the officiating? Many Pittsburgh fans and even even uh, announcers were saying, Pittsburgh didn't play that well. We just played worse. Well, that's that's pretty much true, too. But they had they accumulated 115 yards on the ground on 32 carries. We We only ran the ball 23 times. Okay, for 96 yards. Rafflesberger. Wow. Rafflesberger, 22 of 34 for 266 yards and a TD. Now, does, I, does I, I just I want you to I want you to listen to these numbers because I want you to understand something here. Okay? And the only difference in the quarterback rating is the TD here. Just listen to the numbers. 22 of 34 for 266 and a TD. A long of 50. Baker Mayfield 20 of 31 for two and a quarter, along with 24. No touchdowns, though. 86.1 rating as opposed to 98.4 for Ben Roethlisberger. So made the difference, okay. Right. Boswell, evidently, yeah, that's right. He did take that direct snap, didn't he? Yeah, okay. And he had one attempt, uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. No, no, Boswell's the kicker, isn't he? Yeah, Boswell's the guy yeah. with the concussion, yeah. Yeah, he had one attempt, no completions. And and still managed a 39.6 rating. I mean, because ain't that a zero? In my, in my mind, that's a zero. Yeah. Okay, passing. The Browns were 20 of 31 for two and a quarter. An average of 11.3 per pass play, along of 24. Steelers, yep. again, 22 of 35, 266, an average 12.1 a play. Long of 50, key difference being a touchdown on one of those. No interceptions in this game by either quarterback. Hats off to both guys. Stellar. Stellar. Um, punting. Both punters uh, punted four times. Our guy, Jamie Gillian, for 197 yards with an average of 49.3, a net of 42 and a long of 56, one inside the 20. Listen to how, how fucking almost identical these numbers are. The other guy punted for four, total of 176 yards, an average of 44, a net of 43.8, one inside the 20, a long of 56. Same, same 
Long punt number. Did you see the size of their punter? Oh, my God. He's a big guy, but he can't field goal kick, obviously, because, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tomlin was like, no, no. Yeah, he kicks the no. ball, but, but not like that. <laughs> punt, right. punt returns. Oh, man. We had two for one yard. Okay. One out of bounds. That's it. They had two for 29 yards, an average of 14.5. A long of 19. One down to one out of bounds. Problem being, as you can see in the return game, we weren't getting any traction. Okay. Here's the stats that matter, boys. All right, here we go. 21 first downs to 19. Oh. Not necessarily a great disparity and not not certainly losing the first down battle to the to the point where you would say you're guaranteed to lose that game. No. Third down efficiency. Dude, okay. We allowed them four of 13. They were only 30.8%. Problem was we were three for 10, which is only 30%. Okay. So we both stuck on third down. Yeah, Yeah, but it's just about even. Okay. Just about even. Time of possession, 31.45 to 28.15. And it really looked like... It really looked like the Browns were going to dominate time of possession in that first quarter, didn't it, Jeff? It did, but like I said, but then the second quarter happened. Then the second quarter happened. We killed. We had two. If I remember correctly, it was two straight drives we had that just got killed with the early passing. Oh yeah, we couldn't even run the ball. That's what it is. In the the first in the first quarter, we literally had one drive that took up like eight minutes, right? And then the next two possessions, though, we were three and out. Right. The only thing that impressed me with that game for the Browns was, well, Baker's play. And we held them to three points till what? Well into the third quarter, not right. Am I right? Okay. So you are not of the opinion that Baker Mayfield's play was in any way problematic. I don't think it was. I think he was the shining. I think he was. I don't know if he was the the shining glory of the game, but I think he performed admirably. I'm saying that the offense didn't do well overall, but that he did okay. I'm going to put, I'm going to say this about the game. To me, this is the overall aspect of the game. The defense showed up. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we hold any team to 15 points, we should win. Period. There ain't really much else to say about it. If your defense can hold the team to 15 points, the offense should win that game. Exactly. That's it. Then the current NFL and the kind of points that are put up, if you can't score more than 15 points, you ain't winning. It, it, even what well, the there, there you used go. to be if you there hold you go. the team and the Browns did not win. win and the Browns did not win because they could not score more than 15 points okay. even in the older NFL right before crazy offenses the what was the golden rule was if you hold them to 14 or less you win the game uh, apparently unless you is, only score 10 unless you, unless only, you score only score 10, 10 but you should be scoring 21 well that's, no I understand I, that but that's what I'm saying I think more important than any points that they allowed Okay, or anything that they did bad defensively or bad offensively is I don't, I don't care what you got to do. You got to put up more than 10 points. Well, yeah, yeah, God. I mean, touchdown and a field goal. 
I mean, like what I'm saying is, if, there really if, isn't much more to say about the game. If you want, if you want to win, if you want to win, scoring ten points, you have to have not only on paper but on the field a defense that's of the caliber of something like the '85 Bears. The what year did the Ravens win? Was that 2000? Yeah, even the Ravens that year scored more than ten. Well, points. no, I understand that, but yeah. you have to. Not only yeah, have you one have that a looks that you, good, you got to have one that not only looks like it could be that on paper. Which coming into this season, everybody was saying the Browns had, okay, but it's got to actually happen. Okay, and I will tell you this: you know, I'll tell you this, Browns defense. I love Miles Garrett, but we yeah, where's our awesome. where is our Ray Lewis, dude? You need somebody that's going to cool. fire the entire team up. I've yeah. been saying that all season. Look, what I'm telling you is that I understand our secondary has been a little injured. Okay. But I've, I've been saying where I, I see that it's weak and I've seen, and I also point this out, which is very interesting of the signs of times and where the NFL puts athletes. Okay. It's not just our team either. Okay. Around the league, the middle linebacker position and linebacker positions in general are just not as athletic as they used to be. And that's from my perspective. I'm not saying there are no athletes. There are obviously some very well, there good are linebackers. Way more teams okay. playing four threes than three fours. I can tell you that. Right. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be very honest. I'm surprised when Clowney came into the league, and I remember when he did, there was rumblings that they were they might do that. I'm surprised he wouldn't turned into a linebacker. Okay, but if you flash up to current NFL, I can see why they moved to where they're not putting those athletes at that position right. anymore. But if you go back to like Ray Lewis times, Clowney's a linebacker when he comes into the league. Well, yeah, because he would fit like the bullware or one of those uh, yeah. types. But Speed, the, power, the problem everything, is, you'd put him there. The point I was making wasn't that we need a linebacker doing something. We need somebody that has that fire like Ray Lewis to get this team charged. I get what you're saying, yeah. but they have to be able to back it up, which means well, he's got to understand, be but we got a guy that could back all of that up, but he don't get out there and get charged up like that. Miles, Ga okay. Miles Garrett is all that Miles Garrett is, but he's, he's a really nice dude I, and I he don't you. get fired up like that. That's no different in the vein well, of like, well, and Bruce maybe Smith we don't Reggie want Miles White, to be that guy. Last time right. Miles got fired up, he hit somebody in the head with a helmet. Okay. Well, it's, yeah. Yes, I mean, yes. what I'm saying is, Hey, the just middle saying, linebackers you know. are notorious for being captains of the team. You haven't seen even Reggie White wasn't that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, Bruce Smith wasn't that kind of guy. I remember Bruce Smith. I mean, you don't remember them being that kind. I'm not saying they didn't try to fire up, but they don't remember them being that fired it up, up type of leader. Usually you get that out of guys who are, you know, like your safeties or or linebacker you know i don't know you're right we don't have that yeah we okay. don't have that guy i mean i'm not no. saying somebody on the team couldn't step up and be that guy that it couldn't be miles garrett what i'm saying to you is 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 real simple we got guys with that kind of talent athletically that those people had but they don't have a fire man yeah no you're exactly right i tell you what we got one glimmer of salvation and it's the Browns would uh, just last year, 
they would win games they maybe weren't supposed to and then lose the games they were supposed to win. So and that means we might beat Cincinnati and we're only four and four with nine games to well, go, wait, man. I, I don't know. I don't see. So what are you trying to say? We're supposed to lose to Cincinnati? No, we're supposed to win. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly, now I was thinking that more no, of that no, game because okay. in Pittsburgh. No, no, no. See, okay. First of all, hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals and the way they've started the season. Okay. Right. Hats off to him. But, dude, they just lost to the fucking New York Jets to their backup quarterback, yeah. Mike White. I'll, Give me a fucking talk break. About a, talk about it on any given Sunday game. And the oh, Tampa Bay Bucks lost to I'm New saying. Orleans. What, well, so what I'm trying to tell you is simple, guys. The Cincinnati Bengals are coached well. They have some key players at key positions. They overall have a fairly sloppy offensive line and a questionable defensive backfield. They are not on paper and or by sheer capability, even they shouldn't be considered in the same sentence. They have been very good this year so far. They could continue to be so, but it's not going to be because it was supposed to be that way, okay? What I'm no. trying to tell you is is that the Browns need to stand up, remember who the fuck they are, remember who the fuck the Bengals are, and go win this goddamn game. Yeah, there's. Yeah. A, uh, I agree with you. There's a lot of uh, announcers, uh, different ones, ESPN and so forth, talking about, are the Bengals for real? And I'm like, I, I mean, they got a damn good quarterback, but like you said. Joey Burrow, I said it last week. I will say it again this week. The best quarterback based on raw arm talent, okay, and ability to play the position in yep. the AFC North is yep. Joey Burrow. Yep. If you don't say that, you don't know what you're looking at when you watch quarterback play. Now, exactly. I, I have said this to distraction in the past. I was not happy at the drafting of Baker Mayfield. Because Baker Mayfield is diminutive in size, and he is not an athletic runner, okay, by any stretch of the imagination. I've seen him run for quite a few first downs, and it's scary every time I do. Yeah, but it's better than Bernie. Oh, that ain't saying much, dude. Well, here's... If well, my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon. Okay. <laughs> well, I will say this though for the Browns, like especially when it comes to expectations of winning, we're in a weird spot. There may be people that think we shouldn't win against the Bengals, okay? But there's almost going to be just as many people to say, "Hey, at the beginning of the season, you guys are supposed to beat all these guys." Okay? Yeah, we're right. in a weird spot where it's like if we lose, it's going to be looked at, "Hey, you guys should be winning." And if we win, it's going to be like, "Don't look at us. Get to the playoffs." You didn't do anything special. Okay. That's exactly it's right. Not, and that's how it needs to be to this team. Yeah. They need to get with the program and understand that. Don't be amazed at your next win. Move on. In other words, don't worry about losing. Don't worry about losing to Cincinnati. And see, what I really don't like about this whole OBJ distraction is that instead yeah, man, of Kevin wait, instead in, instead of Kevin Stefanski coming out and saying what he should say is we're on to Cincinnati. Quoting Bill Belichick, right? He's got to talk about this OBJ bullshit. Come on, man. Come, exactly. come on, man. What? Listen, everybody's talking about what kind of loyalty and what this team should do for OBJ. 
the hell has OBJ done for this team? Well, you we know what? That's you don't need this kind of drama, and who knows how it happened or why? Well, you know what? I know I'm exactly gonna, how it happened. It's, it's it happened the same said. way. It happened the same way in Cleveland right now as it did in New York three years ago. Okay, but I'm gonna say to what you just said though. Okay, to what you just said, the biggest point to it is okay. We're talking about Belichick and what if this? Let's just say this did happen on the Patriots. What would have happened already? He'd be on IR because Bill Belichick ain't going to lose no money over his ass. Yeah. And you know what would have happened? Bill Belichick would have probably still said what you said. We're on to Cincinnati because he would have already been on IR or something. Right. Right. Because and Bill Belichick would say, I have no comment. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't <laughs> even have a comment for it because it would Wait, already be. Did I mumble with. enough? Hold on. I have no comment. We're on to Cincinnati. There. That's how he did that. No comment. <laughs> Under, no, but that's the that. truth. That's actually what I was thinking about. I was like, well, what would Bill Belichick have done? He'd probably still have said that because they'd have already dealt with this and been like, that's already been dealt or that's being dealt oh, with. That's they, already oh, been dealt did, with. Oh, I'm not talking dealt, about that. Hold on. They'd have dealt with Odell that day that he dropped three. Okay. Look, <laughs> let me tell you something that Bill Belichick does not suffer. Okay. A receiver that don't catch a ball that's thrown to his ass. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, you got once or twice, but three times. Uh oh. Yeah, and and I don't know if you guys remember when Randy Moss left the fucking Vikings and he went to the Raiders, and he was a disinterested party, right? He got his shit right. together when the Raiders picked him up, and when the, when the Patriots picked him up, though, didn't he? Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah. yeah, because he, you know what? I'm, I don't know if Bill Belichick had this conversation with him. I'm not sure it was necessary, but Randy knew that if I get disinterested, Bill will get disinterested quicker. Yes, well, basically. Hey, Randy, Randy had, I mean, that was still. Randy had two of his best seasons with the Patriots. Two of his best. I think it, one of them was his best. Well, that was the year they went 17 and 0 before losing to Eli yeah. Manning and <laughs> the Giants. It was Brady's best season as well. Well, yeah, that was, I mean, they had a legitimate chance of going undefeated and was looking like they were doing so, except for the David Terrell catch. I mean, that whole year was Randy catching it deep. I remember that year. It was just like the highlights on primetime was like, Oh, Randy caught it deep again this week. Yeah. Oh, like, Randy wait, wait, wasn't that the same one from last week? No. <laughs> was that the same week. play? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they ran the same play. Randy caught it again. Oh, Randy did. Oh, they went. Let me guess. Randy's going to go deep and they're going to so, win the game. Yep. Before we play audio of Kevin Stefanski, and we're going to close out the podcast with Stefanski, okay? I just want to look at this Cincinnati Bengals roster so we can understand what it is we're up against, boys. We'll start with the wideouts, okay? And everybody knows, everybody knows who the wideouts you've got to worry about is, don't you? Jamar Chase, baby. And why is he such why is he such a big success with Joey Burrow? Well, fuck, he's got years of experience catching his passes. He's a rookie this year, and the Cincinnati Bengals did right by their quarterback and got him his favorite receiver and drafted LSU's Jamar Chase. But he ain't the only guy playing well for this team. But Joey Burrow is the man. Okay? And I'm not telling you he can do no wrong because guess what? 
He's still a second-year quarterback, guys. And he hasn't uh, faced We our can rattle front. his ass. And Miles Garrett needs to get to him early and often. Dude, they ain't ready for the defensive front we got. Right, because I will tell you this, and let, let's just go ahead and look at these offensive linemen so that you can understand what I'm saying. You got Hakeem Adenji. He's a reserve designated to return offensive lineman, so he's not even available at this point. Where Come on, where are these OTs at? Okay, so you got Jonah Williams, Riley Reif, Isaiah Prince, Quentin Spain. You heard any of these guys? No. Fred Johnson. Nope. Okay, there's a reason for that. All right? (laughs) And I think you're going to do this. No, I'm not. There's a reason for that. You ain't heard of them because they they have not distinguished themselves enough to be heard of. Yeah, a lineman distinguish an offensive lineman distinguishes himself in the league. You're going to know about him. Now, listen. This game against the Browns this Sunday, it's going to be high. I would not be surprised if it if it it's not going to get time shifted because it's too close to it. It already would have been. It's going to be watched by a lot of people, okay? It's going to oh, be yeah. one of the matchups to watch this week. And if the Bengals dominate, dude, nobody will be able to say they're not for real. Exactly. Not even me. Because I'll have to start believe like when it, in whatever they got going. Right now, in my mind, based on what I know about the Bengals and what, what spots they still need to fill on their roster, right? That they're, they're at least a year or two away from being a good team, and they're going to be very good, okay? Because as long as Joey Burrow stays healthy, he looks to be for a long time, if not the most talented, one of the most talented quarterbacks in our division, if not the conference. Is he about the same kind of a quarterback that, uh, that um, what's his name is from San, uh, the Chargers? I, you know, First of all, I mean, Herbert charged a little more mobile. But. Now, uh, Herbert, while he was not a surprise to those who scouted him, was more of a surprise in terms of expectations. Because if you look at where he was drafted, although he was a first round quarterback, he wasn't like the number one overall pick. All right. Justin all right, Herbert okay. is a talented guy who. There were some questions about some some people feared that his first season could look more like Josh Allen's first year. And Josh Allen was starting to look like a bust. Okay, They did some real coaching and training and working out with Josh Allen and really improved his game. Right now, Herbert. Just he showed all that potential. He could make all the throws. He has the legs. I don't think that Burrow is quite as athletic in the running game as Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But in terms of throwing but the ball. In terms of, reading, in terms of reading defenses, arm right. accuracy, strength, and everything else about the position, Joey Burrow is just flat out better than Justin Herbert. 
And Justin Herbert is good. He's going to be really Justin good. And Justin Herbert is good. And Justin Herbert is good. Do you Justin, know who Justin Herbert reminds me he's of? He's arguably but, one of, he's top 10. He's in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Philip Rivers. That's what Justin Herbert reminds oh, me no. of. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Speaking of Philip Rivers, guess who's talking <laughs> about he'll come back and play for the Saints? Oh, Phillip Rivers? Get yeah. I definitely a good. I'm telling you this. Philip Rivers, his last year, okay, he did not have the best offensive line, okay? That, um, well, who did he play with this um, last year? Um, oh, the Colts. Watching. The Colts, Colts, right. It wasn't the best offensive line play. He he did throw more interceptions than you're probably uh, cool with Philip Rivers having more than he did um, with the Chargers, but it was new. You know what I mean? And that last year he had with the Chargers, I'm telling you, if they had a better team, just in general, you could have seen Philip Rivers in the Super Bowl. Okay, he was like he has that. You know yeah. when no, no. I mean, listen, Philip Rivers won me over in terms of. Look, I, I probably still don't like the guy. Okay, Philip Rivers just comes off to me as an unlikable person. I can't help he it. Probably, it's just, he does too. And me. it's probably he looks, not fair. He seems like he's an asshole. It's probably not fair on my part. But I saw Philip Rivers play through, play with a torn ACL. Play with it. The, well, in a playoff game and won say, the game. Right. <laughs> okay. well, what I was about to say is this, and this is what I was trying to get to with it. Phil Rivers in the last year, I saw him at least with the Chargers, really in the Colts year too, but that's more of a new system. Okay. But in the last year, I saw him with the Chargers. He had the same feel to me about him as, as Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. Drew Brees or something. It's like he sees what's happening. Oh okay. yeah, the dude yeah, is. Yeah. Oh, he's played enough his, and his, everything, you know, and he his, has the physical tools. His, so he's well, seen yeah, everything. wait, well, no, I don't think so. I think what you started to see with Philip Rivers when he was with the Colts was not, not as profound as it was with Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning didn't start off with as as abundant an athletic skill set. Okay, right. Um, but yeah, it's the the see that's the, the problem with the, the waning quarterback is that he sees everything. And he can get some stuff done, but, you know, there might be some shit he can see that he can't do no more, too. So right. it comes down to Clint Eastwood's statement, man's got to know his limitations. And when when the old dude sees with the young eyes and then he tries to do what a young dude does, that's when it gets dicey. They can't do it okay. anymore. Yeah, and that's the problem Ben Roethlisberger's having this year. Yeah. And now I will say this, Ben Roethlisberger played within himself, his current self against the Browns past Sunday. I was just going to say that. And that's a good thing to do when you're limited well, based right. on. Because man's got no limitations, man. Man's got yeah. no limitations. But anyway, any yeah. predictions for the game? Well, uh, Browns 24, Bengals 10. What about you, Jeff? My predictions is it's going to come with some stats here. Sure. Okay. We, Miles Garrett is number one in sacks. We all know that, right? He's going to stay that way, right? Right. right? He is tied for tackles for loss. Okay. With 11. Okay. Uh Number three 
on our team also tied for tackles for loss is Jadavian Clowney. So I'm glad to see him succeeding. Right. He may not be up the top with sacks, but he's getting tackles for losses. Okay, we so we have two of the in the top three. We have two of the top three guys. Two of our guys are in the top three in tackles for losses. Okay, we get to the quarterback. Okay, like there is no disputing it. We get to the quarterback this year. Okay, and that's even with controversy and the fact that I think we've been getting held a lot. Okay. And not getting called in our like the first in the first three or four games, like a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Save the Bears game. The Bears game is almost like they let us cut loose and we just like killed it. Okay. That's like an, I think the Bears game is more of an example of like, well, if they don't, if they sit there and and you know it's played and the other team doesn't hold us, this is what happens. You know what I mean? Right. It's like really, that's kind of what it is. So I feel like going into it. The Bengals are going to have a tough time keeping us off of Burrow. No, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's going to be just as tough of a game plan it is for us, okay? I don't think the Bengals are in any way, shape. Obviously, after the Jets loss, they're more so not because now they're more vulnerable even in their their own space. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but I think that the game plan is just as much a challenge for them as it is for us. Okay. I, my predictions for the game is I think we win. And I think the defensive line has to be a big part of it. I I'm looking for a dominant, a dominating defensive performance. Okay. Um, and I think it's going to come because we're going to get a little bit, not all the way back healthy, but a little bit healthy at, at cornerback. And so we may be able to play, we may be able to play a little more man coverage and, you know, drop some of this zone shit. But again, when you're as limited and injured as we've been in the defensive backfield, you kind of strapped to doing a little zone just to, you know, limit the damage. Cause you don't want to see, look, you don't want to see a bunch of guys getting wide open on blown man coverage. Okay. Cause then you're going to get a lot of, you know, go routes succeeding for touchdowns and then then you're gonna if you only score 10 points then you're gonna lose by 24 okay it's not it it won't be pretty so a lot of people are criticizing joe woods at this time for calling a lot of too deep zone but they're doing it because they're hurt okay and you got to get through these things and what we're depending on is good line play pressuring the quarterback into early release or sacking him Tackling running backs for losses. This is what the lines and the, li- the line and the linebackers can take care of. And uh, and right. I look for him to have a good day. Not only that, right. I look for the offense to get back to their fundamentals. The running game. We're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb. We're going to see a lot of Dearness Johnson, and we're going to see a lot of play action passes feeding off of that. You're going to see a lot of twenty to thirty yard intermediate style routes. You know. Across the middle, Jarvis Landry's going to be back on his game, okay? Hollywood Higgins is going to catch some balls, okay? And the tight ends yep. will figure in, okay? And I look for a final of 35 to 24. High scoring hey, game. Man. Wow, okay. So, uh, Kevin, um, Kareem Hunt's still out, not going to make it in. No, Kareem Hunt's going to be out for several weeks that was what was said two weeks ago 
I don't know what number several is, but it is more than three, more than three, less than the rest of the season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Several was several bad. was the year was the word used. Okay. I, I, That's I, all I, I can one, tell you. I have one request for the Browns. What's that? If you're going to do a passing play, listen, I have had it. I, I just think you need a back in there every time to at least keep them guessing. Cause when they know you're passing, it, it, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, guys, again, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to basically, we're going to go to a video from Kevin, which is right. the interview with him talking about the OBJ situation. Then we're going to fade into the music and go. So any final words for Browns fans before we get the hell out of here? Cause we're going to end it a little different today. And I'm going to say, you know, we're out and all that other bullshit before we play Kevin step. You know, this guy, I got one more, one more big thing. All right. Browns fan. Okay. And you're, you, you like basketball. Cavaliers are doing pretty good. Hey, four and four. Yeah. They're, they got the for same a, record as the Browns. Wait, yep. they got the same record as the Browns and they yep. beat the Clippers in LA guys. They beat the Clippers right. in LA. They beat Denver. They beat the they MVP. Beat the Nuggets, but the Nuggets, the Nuggets, the Nuggets may be one of the biggest league disappointments this year so far. Well, in interesting NBA. enough, they have their own controversy. Bol Bol, you know that is Manute Bol's son. Oh, now, okay. All right. He has he has requested. I don't think much is going to come of this. Okay, because this is the same coach that. Because I remember I play fantasy basketball and Joe Kick his rookie year mm-hmm. was. Uh, was an efficient beast. Okay. On paper, it was like, why aren't you giving him more minutes? This dude did not give him minutes. Okay. Mm. And sat him the year pretty much. I mean, let him have about 12 minutes a game for the whole year. And then we know the Joe kick became what he is. Okay. So I don't think he's going to give him minutes because he's given controversy. Like I want to play drop me or trade. No, no. And and you know what? The way, the way NBA works is like, you know, you just sit there. For right now, but I have seen the kid coming in some of the garbage minutes, even his garbage minutes with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of like he made moves and it was like it's almost like you have Joe kick oh, on that. He's going to get Aaron his Gordon's. opportunity, but listen, no, that young kid right there is at least some form of insurance if Jokic goes down. Because the problem with Jokic is simple: he's had a knee that's kept him out of a couple playoff runs for that team. It, it just happened. Him and the guy in Utah. Both. Go Bear. Yeah, but he's a whole lot. Okay. My thing is that Jokic has been a whole lot more sturdier of a guy than Go Bear. Well, no, I understand though. that. Rudy Go Bear, okay. I mean, you know, really, he, he actually really <clears throat> torched a couple of uh, jazz playoff runs early, yeah, but, early but in his career. More to, to my point, because Jokic right now is my favorite NBA player. Okay. I'm just going to say that just because I like the style of play and everything. Centers are coming back. And for everything, everybody's put on Carl Anthony Towns and Embiid because they're so they're so athletic and stuff. This dude has been what he is and everybody put limits on what he could be. And now all of a sudden he is the best center in the league. He might be the best player at this point. Okay. I don't know. Did you see what LeBron did to the Cavs? Yeah, I did. But he was on fire. It was like it was like he was. It was like that NBA game where it's like, 
He's on fire. Yeah. He's and LeBron played great. But at the same point, I sat there and watched Jokic shoot for 60%. He had 18 rebounds in that game he played with us. Okay. It, like uh, he played ridiculous. They still lost the game, but he played ridiculous. Hey, okay. You know when I knew the Cavs had no chance in that game with the Lakers? When they kicked the ball out to LeBron there at half court and he just made a three pointer like, like it was just a normal shot. Like it was. Yeah. But wow. like, anyway, my, no, we're to screwed. my final point about it, so we don't get too far into it, mm-hmm. the kid might have a little bit of a point because the one biggest weakness to that team is there's nobody to play next to Jokic, okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense and or does their job and makes it easier on him. And they have Aaron Gordon, and he's been shitting the bed. Okay, I understand. So I understand the kid has somewhat of a point. It's like, why are you not he playing? Might, he might, unless the coach is a guy that don't play rookies. You know, yeah, rookies and he are isn't. still rookies. He's notorious for it. So yeah, so there you go. The and and you know, he can be shit in one hand and you know, what wishing one hand and shit in the other, see one fills yeah. up first, you know. Yeah, basically. Hey. Yeah. But anyway, the Cavs are good. Right. Our rookie is pretty <clears> awesome. <throat> he's he's dark horse for rookie of the year right now. Oh, he's that's really that good. good. He's playing okay. that good. He's playing really good. Okay. Well, I got one thing to say. Brown's got this. Oh, Brown's right. got Well, that's good. So, meantime, in between time, tell us that time. What time's that when we come to you, talk to you about the Browns' amazing, awesome, dominating victory over the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Here's Kevin Stefanski to take you on out. There's a report that just came out a couple minutes ago that you told the team this morning that Odell is not part of the team anymore. Is that true? Do you consider him part of the team? Yeah, I would just tell you again, today he's excused and and we'll see where this goes. You talked to Odell in the last 24 hours? Yeah, I I have not. When you say Andrew and Odell's representatives are continuing to talk, I guess what does that mean? What what are they discussing? Yeah, I think they're discussing a lot of things. Uh, and, And the truth is, guys, I don't have a ton of details for you. Um, I'm happy to answer as much as, as I can, but I think some things we'll, we'll know more as, as the you know as we go. What kind of distract? He asked to be released. Yeah, again, that's something that I think his reps and Andrew w- would talk through. Are you preparing to play Sunday without Odell at this point? I'm really just worried about today, Jake. He's excused today. Is it like the situation is not fixable? Yeah, I would just tell you I'm going to work with today. He's not here today. Uh, Again, like I mentioned, they're having some discussions, so we'll see where it goes. What was your reaction to the video posted in his father's name? Uh, yeah, no I, no reaction, Tony. I would just tell you social media in, in general uh, is uh, I'm not on it. Um, I'm aware of, of things that are on there. But I just think in general we talk about ignoring the noise uh, in our building, and, and certainly there's a lot of things on social media that, that we need to ignore. Have you talked to Baker about it? I've talked to a, a lot of our players about a lot of things. Kevin, one of the, the accusations made yesterday was that Baker is deliberately not throwing Odell the ball. Um, you, know, you call the play, so is that something that you have seen at any point? No, I, and you know, Jake, I'm not going to go down that road. I'll just tell you that, that we work really hard to get guys open, get them the ball, you know, share the ball. Those are always things that we're thinking about. How do you think it's going to affect his best friend on this team, Jarvis Landry? He just go on.
been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.